0: This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others, and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com.
1: Hey, friends, welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum. Each episode, I sit down with a guest to discuss their life journey and how the grace of God has impacted them along the way. After listening to today's episode, I hope you are encouraged that God can use you right now in the midst of your day to day life. Yes, it requires daily surrender and trust, but we must remember His grace is enough. I was fortunate to grow up near all four of my grandparents. I have wonderful memories of time spent with each of them, particularly my Granny Hester. Today, Tim and Darcy Kimmel, the founders of Family Matters and authors of Grace-Based Parenting, Grace-Filled Marriage, and Extreme Grandparenting, join me on the show. We chat about ways a grandparent can leave a legacy, setting healthy boundaries, and grandparenting with purpose. Listen to what Tim says about blessing your grandchildren.
0: Three specific ways that we can bless our grandkids is always use our words and our actions to appeal to one of their – one or more of their three basic driving inner needs. And see, most parents don't even know their kids have three driving inner needs. Most people don't, but they do have them. And let me outline one. They all need to know they're secure. They all need to know they're significant. They all need to know they're strong or sufficient for the life that they're facing. We can come alongside them using our words or actions to to always give them a secure love, help build a significant purpose into their life, and, and, and to represent a strong hope to them for the future. I mean, that stuff's gold to a kid.
1: After listening to today's episode, I hope you are equipped to better love and serve the children in your life, whether they are your own, your grandchildren, nieces and nephews, or a friend's children. Good afternoon. I want to welcome Tim and Darcy to the show. Will you all go ahead and take a minute and introduce yourselves and your family and tell us all a little bit about your ministry, Family Matters?
2: Well, Tim and I have been married for almost 48 years. Wow. And there's Congratulations. No way around- Thank you. Uh, But we're old. (laughs) We're trying not to be.
0: Well, she thinks that. State of mind. So we've
2: been married 48 years almost. Um, God blessed us with four children. Girl, boy, girl, boy. They are all married uh, to wonderful in-law children. And we are the grandparents of eight grandchildren with one on the way.
1: Oh, wow. And so tell us a little bit about Family Matters.
0: I love the way a uh, guy wrote a book called Home is Where Life Makes Up Its Mind, mm. and uh, I, I really believe that's true. But being, I was brought up in a Christian home. Darcy was brought up in a home where they never went to church, and so very different backgrounds. But one thing about the the, the family I was brought up, or the church that we were exposed to, it was filled with a lot of performance and legalism and uh, condemnation, guilt, things like that. And there's a lot of churches wrapped up, whether you're in a Protestant church, even a Catholic church, you'll yes. find that this, this is something you deal with. As we we got married, and we started kind of reading the Bible more and thinking about this, and especially when we realized we were going to be parents, we just felt like there's something clearly missing in the big picture equation that the Christian movement is operating under. There's just something missing. And I think everybody was really uh, – pretty much on the same page about what the truth message of the Bible and the gospel and Jesus. But in John one 14, it says he was filled with grace and truth. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And that wasn't a 50, 50 fill. That was a hundred, a hundred. And we're supposed to be like him. If he's in us, we're supposed to reflect him. Mm -hmm. And what I felt was the missing ingredient in so many families lives. So many marriages was not love. It was grace and so as we started on this journey of, you know, how do we raise these kids? When we found out we were going to be parents, you know, we thought, Lord, we haven't done this before, and we don't want to mess this up too badly. Right. And, you know. <laughs> Me and, neither. But <laughs> and we knew we we would make mistakes and all that stuff, but it. But we, so we started reading the uh, popular books that were out there on parenting. There weren't nearly as many as there are now, and there was some helpful stuff, But but we kept seeing there seemed to be a – presuppositional starting point with the author that is just coming off the page at us. One one would either be this performance-based Christian life, a nice Christian family does this, 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 and their kids look like this, and they go watch these kind of movies and don't hang out with these kind of people, and we just thought, what? where is this coming from? And then the other one was fear-based parenting. We could just sense there— very intimidated by the world around them, and it kind of lends itself to much more of a of a uh, garrison type of attitude, hunker down, us against them. yeah. And, and looking through a, a, a lens at the people around you, what's wrong with them, rather than the fact that it's human beings that God has called us to do something wonderful for. And, and in Darcy, you know, uh, she's the one that I think really is the brains of the operation. You'll see that as we talk more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We were surprised that there was there didn't seem to be a real clear uh plan in the Bible for how you parent kids. I mean there's mm-hmm. there's advice there, but boy, what we were getting is more of this performance or fear-based junk. Right. And she said, Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, let's let's go back. He said, No, God's a parent in the Bible. The number one metaphor of God is a, a, a parental one, our father, our father who art in heaven. And were his kids. And everybody in the Bible was one of his kids. Whether they acknowledge him or not, they were created at least from him. And she said, I wonder if we can study him in his role as a parent in the Bible and how he's dealing with the people and see if there's any common patterns of what he's doing. Mm. And that changed everything. Because as soon as she said it, not only did I realize that God left a clear plan for raising kids in the Bible, he didn't hide it. It's been hiding in plain sight on the surface all along. For Darcy, she felt like the one word that summarized the heart of this was his grace, his Mm -hmm. gracious heart. And that's why we call it grace-based parenting, grace-based grandparenting. And we can summarize what grace-based parenting is in one sentence.
2: And grace-based grandparenting. And
0: grace-based grandparenting. It's
2: treating others the way that God treats us. Mm. That's all it is. Treating others the way that God treats us. And for the last 38 years, we've been having the honor of sharing that with parents and grandparents and couples on how they can treat one another Mm -hmm.
1: with grace.
0: Yes. And with our own kids, we said, it starts here. Yeah. We're parents, and these kids could push every button on us. Uh, They knew how to, I mean, drive us nuts, just like all kids do. Yes. And yet we do stupid things to God all the time. I mean, you know, here's the funny thing, because we've worked with a lot of parents. I'll get parents, they're lamenting, you know, I gave this child life. Yeah. I've tried to give this this child's life purpose. Mm-hmm. I've provided for them. I've protected them. And they're praying. They're lamenting this to God. Right. And God, they don't even act like I exist. And he says, welcome to my world. Yes. <laughs>
1: I've said it myself, honestly, many times. Yeah.
0: So to, to go back to your original question, Family Matters is all about that. Yeah. We are a ministry that creates tools and resources that helps families be transformed by God's grace. Mm-hmm. And we want, to, we want to transform into instruments of restoration, restoring the home and relationships, reformation, having an impact on the uh, people around them. Yes. Because I think that's one of the things about the active ingredient of God's gracious heart. In our lives, it it's a contagion. People mm. people can tell because see, Jesus said to his disciples in the upper room, "I want you, I want you to go out and love others the way I've loved you." Mm. And that's different than I, I mean, the old uh, what's the thing uh, doing to others is that you would have them doing to you. you. You know, the the golden rule. Right. Well, Jesus ramped that one way up. He tr- Sorry, that's nice, but I'm going to put a trump card on top of that one. No, I want you to treat them, love them the way I loved you. Mm-hmm. You think who he's talking to? Here's Nathaniel. This disciple, just his whole family and his community, is, can anything decent come out of Nazareth? And, you know, and you go down the list of the disciples and how goofy they treated him on the front side, and yet he loved them. But the cool thing is, is now we got some gray hair. Well, one of us does. <laughs> and the other person here gets by with a little help from their friends.
1: I know, and <laughs> if we continue on this quarantine, we all might be in trouble, right? We all might. Be <laughs> exactly.
0: What are you going to do now? Uh, exactly. But-
1: well, and that's the thing we were going to chat a little bit today was grandparenting because I have had several listeners ask just you know how to do that with purpose. And so, to get us started a little bit, your children are grown as you've mentioned and you have multiple grandchildren that live close to you. But something that you guys had said is that long before becoming grandparents, you were really thinking about how can we impact the generations coming behind us for the kingdom of God. And so what were some of those, you know, quote unquote notes you took about grandparenting before you became one?
0: When I was a little kid, we I was born in near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and then we moved to Maryland when I was about 10. But what, I, what was amazing me is how my friends, grandparents, once they retired, they would move to like Florida. Mm. And I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, what, what's going on here? My p- grandparents going to move away from me because I really enjoyed them. Well, in the meantime, in the years, the decades since then. The family has, I, I think back then the role of grandparents actually grandparents played more of a, of a titled role. They were the grandparents. They were the oldest generation, not necessarily an active role, meaning that are a deliberate role. Let's put it that way, where I, I know there's certain responsibilities I have mm. in this title of grandparent. And so moving away from everybody and living out your life in some kind of indulged retirement community down in Florida didn't seem to bother them at all. Yeah. But in the meantime, though, the family was decimated. Divorce went crazy through the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And back when I was a kid, whether you were a Protestant or a Catholic or Jewish or atheist or Muslim, we all shared the same moral values back then. Well, that changed along the way. And we jettisoned all that. And even people within the the Christian community would have radical changes in where the morals, where the things were. So – With the family so decimated, the role, the the need for an active, deliberate grandparent just came up. So because of that, when we were young and we're working with families, we noticed there's another group of people here that could bring a lot to play Mm -hmm. if they just paid a little more attention and looked into the Bible and see what the bigger role of the oldest generation is.
2: Yeah, and grandparents, because of the nature of their generation and their age, have a lot of assets that they can contribute whether it's a healthy home or a fractured home and just to name a few they have experience they've been around the block a couple times they know that you can feed a family on a shoestring they know that eventually that kid is going to fall asleep you know (laughs) so they, they have experience they also have perspective you know they're far enough back to look at things and and know what really matters and what just, you know, is not going to be totally earth-shaking. So they have a perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah for instance, like, uh, you know, how parents get freaked out about their kids' grades or whatever. Right. Well, grandparents, don't. look, I the biggest numbskull that I went to high school with, he would have been voted most likely to, uh, to self-destruct. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes on and d- does just fine in life. Right. Becomes a noble person. I think those kind of experiences help us.
2: We can all also offer assistance to our kids because having a family these days is very hard. A lot of blended families, mm-hmm. two parent working households, but we can come alongside with time because we have been given that uh relief, you know, we can come and give the parents a night off or a weekend off so that they can restore themselves. Mm-hmm. And a sounding board. Mm. We learn how to listen and offer advice when asked. Our kids will come to us and say, Mom and Dad, what what do you think? Mm. And um, we can give them that. And then uh, money. (laughs) Not that we're rolling in the dough, but there's a time when our kids might need some of our discretionary money and we can come alongside with that. And then but, find- by the way, I
0: need to qualify this. So that doesn't mean that we're not, not talking about money that makes them codependent upon us. Absolutely. Or it's just that for Darcy and I, I mean, we got married, we didn't have anything. Yep. And uh, you know, I, I came from a generation, my dad's two big rules. I want you in by 12. I want you out by 18. I mean, it was that <laughs> simple. If you're on your own. You know, kids stay longer, parents have a little more discussion. The line we always try and draw is, we're here when they need a hand up, hmm. but we're never gonna give them a hand out. Yeah, because that enables. And the good news is our kids never ask us for anything, and they're all working hard. But, you know, a couple of them do pretty well financially, others, you know, they're more like we were, just kind of getting by yeah. in those younger years. But what's neat is and you can come in uh, and help them at times, when they're not expecting it, but they can really use it.
1: Well, and, and I'm gonna think about some things when it comes to finances, cause I think mo- the majority of people listening know exactly what you're talking about. We're not saying we're trying to enable you because I mean, as soon as you say that, there are some specific instances of people in my life where I'm like, that's true. And then there are some instances like for us, when we started out, it was little things like we had to replace our entire air conditioning system
0: Exactly. And we
1: were able to be assisted and honestly it was generosity like I had never experienced. It was like we have this we're helping you with this because we can. And I was like, "What?" Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, no yeah. no questions asked. This is not, you know, this yeah. is just because we can do this. Right. right. And when our health
2: empowers them rather than enables them, then that's an asset we can offer. Mm-hmm. And then the last one maybe would be pretty obvious, but it's the asset of love. Mm-hmm. And I think grandparenthood love is as close to unconditional love as you can get. What kid doesn't need a couple cheerleaders in his corner all the way through his or her life,
0: because uh, tell them about that observation. What what you think uh, grandparenting is in the big picture for us as far as a reward goes?
2: Oh yeah, I mean you're in this thick right now. But grandparenthood is God's reward for not uh, selling your own kids on eBay. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I know you
1: have a listing ready, <laughs> ready to go. Yeah. It just depends on the moment, guys. One moment, I'm like, nobody can have it. The next moment, I'm like, y'all are going somewhere yeah. far, far <laughs> away from me.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, another thing, too, uh, that Darcy likes to point out is, is how that unconditional love, we tend to connect with our grandkids in a way that even they don't connect with their own parents.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, our grandchildren many times get along better with us, the grandparents, than they do with their own children. And,
0: and that's not just with us. That's generically you know, across the generically board. Most I, most grandkids get along better with their grandparents than they do with their own parents.
2: I think we figured it out yeah. why grandchildren get along better with their grandparents than sometimes with their own parents is that they share a common source of annoyance.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: both the kids <laughs> and the grandparents. So
1: common source of annoyance. It together. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a, a good it. perspective, though, to just think about how – Sometimes I hear adult children, you know, so annoyed with their parents and how they treat their own kids and so on and so forth. And I just think back to, I mean, I had wonderful grandparents. My grandparents, actually, I think in some regards, it may be culturally a little bit, Tim, about who moves around. Because in Kentucky, Mm -hmm. where I grew up, most people stayed. And my grandparents played a vital role in my life, but particularly my dad's mom, She wasn't a believer until older, but she was just a safe place always. We gardened with her. We made milkshakes with her. She taught us to sew. I don't know. I mean, there's just something about her that was always a safe place. And it wasn't always just against my parents. I mean, in any situation, like that just felt so safe to me.
2: Yeah. And think about how many kids who have come from a home that isn't like your stable home. Right. How vital grandparents could be in their feeling of wholeness.
1: Absolutely. Well, what are some ways that you guys grandparent with purpose?
0: Well, you know, we we put together a whole video study. And we wrote a book called Extreme Grandparenting. And in this, we unpack four biblical roles that we can play. And, you know, when you're going out to, let's say, apply for a job, one of the first things you'd like to see is a job description, because that tells you right away, you know, how qualified am I for this? What are they expecting? Right. What, is, what, is the, exactly. what is expected of me? That kind of a thing. And, you know, the Bible really lays out some things for us in this role in the is the upper generation that I think make all the difference in the world. So we'll just kind of rattle. How about we rattle through some of them for you?
2: That'd be wonderful. Well, the first thing we can do is to give a blessing to our grandchildren. The way we do that is that we help meet Three basic needs that all children have, the need for security, the need for significance, and the need for strength. Grandparents are a mother load of the ability to help meet these needs by blessing them, by letting them know they are unique. They're special. They're, God has given them special skills and mm-hmm. aptitudes. And so grandparents, like I said, are cheerleaders.
0: Yeah, and and I'd say three specific ways that we can bless our grandkids is always use our words and our actions to appeal to one one or more of their three basic driving inner needs. Mm -hmm. And see, most parents don't even know their kids have three driving inner needs. Most people don't, but they do have them. And let me outline one. They all need to know they're secure. Mm -hmm. They all need to know they're significant. They all need to know they're strong or sufficient for the life that they're facing. We can come alongside them using our words or actions to to always give them a secure love, help build a significant purpose into their life, and 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 to represent a strong hope to them for the future. Mm-hmm. I mean that stuff's gold mm-hmm. to a kid, and especially you know young kids, teenagers, yeah, kids that have lost a kid that think their parents are the biggest goop balls on the world and don't mm-hmm. don't want to you know here's grandma, granddad coming in, and they represent something that blesses that kid mm-hmm. in ways that. You know, you just can't imagine.
1: Absolutely.
2: Another role that we can play is to leave a legacy, but you know, sometimes uh, we become grandparents where there's a broken leg- legacy with our children. We don't have a good relationship with our children. Our children really don't want us to have much of a relationship with their children. So it's up to us as the older generation to pursue restoration. Mm. First of all, we need to ask God to forgive us for the part that we've played. We need to go to our children and ask them to forgive us for the part that we've played in this breach. And, um then we need to um, forgive ourselves mm. because uh, we have a bad habit of beating ourselves up for all the things that we know we could have done better. Mm. So first we need to restore a legacy before we can actually give them a legacy.
1: Yeah. So before we can really leave one, we have to really have at least some type of working relationship with our adult children.
0: Yeah. Right? And their spouse too. Cause see, that person doesn't have a reference point with us. That, that person was added into to grafted in, and you know parents tend to they have an automatic autonomy to their own flesh and blood. Mm. But you know full well you've seen this. Everybody listening to us has seen this. Where where grandparents really screw things up
1: Absolutely. in America? Yeah,
0: they um, they don't like that that spouse, or maybe that spouse doesn't like them, and then they just give them plenty of reasons to continue that.
2: Well, and sometimes they want to continue to parent. Yeah. Well, that's they, what
1: I was yeah. going to say. Sometimes you continue to play a role in your adult child's life that really doesn't allow you to leave and cleave to your spouse, and that is right. super exactly dangerous. Right.
0: Yeah, I think when your kids are when you when they grow up, you you don't want to maintain a dialogue attitude of parent to child as much as more maybe a wiser peer to a Highly respected peer.
1: Yeah, like more of a mentor role if they want yeah,
0: mentor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And obviously there's the the, the bloodlines and parent, mother, child, mother, father thing. But because I think some parents clearly have made their children extensions of their ego. And so when they get married, th- that there's a need still there for them to want to run their life we you know uh in in our video series we have two parts of the grace space grandparenting video series and the second part it, we deal with some of the sticky situations oh. that you run into as grandparent. and we we're pretty clear on this one that sometimes the biggest problems that we're having with our kids are problems that we create mm-hmm. just in the goofball ways that we step over the line and assume the right to weigh in on things that aren't ours to weigh in on or to offer our advice or opinion or to try and control manipulate I mean, that's all to me. That's toxic as can be. Yeah. That's that's toxic in life. It's toxic in a marriage and parenting. But it's really bad uh, when you're a grandparent. And and here's the thing that a lot of grandparents don't see is you are jeopardizing your your connection to that grandchild because those parents, if they get if they get ticked off enough, mm-hmm. they just say, "Well, you know what? We're just not going to make these grandkids very accessible."
1: Yeah. And it's oh, that grandparents own so stupid
0: fault. We're supposed to be the most mature, the most gracious. The most forgiving, the most long-suffering, the most encouraging people on the globe. The older we get, why? Because we've had a front-row seat to God's, God's goodness the mm. longest.
1: That's yeah. a good word.
0: But, yeah, but when I see grandparents acting like children, you know, I just think, Come on, what are you doing? Mm. But anyway,
2: what God. one thing you remind grandparents to do when it comes to this whole? A relationship and restoring a legacy and building a legacy is to remember back when they were the parent and had young children and we ask them would you want your parents telling you what you're doing wrong what you should do why you're not parenting right yeah now? why aren't you
0: disciplining this kid more and all that stuff
2: you need somebody that says to you oh honey this is gonna be okay hmm. this is gonna pass everything's gonna be okay
1: Well, and tell me, as we're talking about this, I mean, boundaries are healthy. Boundaries for adult children between their parents are healthy and grandparents even need to set boundaries because I've, I mean, yes, I'm a young parent still, but I mean, I've seen it. I've seen my friends who like, are you serious? Your parents take care of your kids more than you do. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Like And then I've seen it the opposite direction where the grandparents are just so controlling, like you said, and manipulative. And well, if you don't do this, then I'm not going to give you this or whatever. I've seen it.
0: Yeah. Well, none, none, But everything you're saying there does not line up with a gracious heart. Yes. Because, you know, your podcast is all about God's active grace. That's right. God's active grace is outwardly focused. Mm. It is not about the person giving it. It's about the person receiving it. And, and so when people act that way, I, I just want to say, you better go back and look at the gospel again and, and make sure that you truly put your faith in Jesus. Because when you mm. do that, it's supposed to change a lot of the selfishness. But, but boundaries are so vital because I see kids take advantage of their grandparents, like Matt, and they just kind of use them as kind of free daycare that they can drop the kids off at a whim. And that's why we say this in our video study in our book, grandparents have to sit down and say, look, we, that's right. we have a life too. And and if you're still married, we have a marriage and we have, some of them are still working and, and they have friends. And they have, have children at home. And, and, right. yeah. and so, so no, here here's what I can do for you. Or here's what I'm willing to do for you. And if they don't hear that, you keep saying, this is what I'm willing to do for you. And you keep saying it until they realize no, you're not going to be there at a whim. And, and, and likewise, the kids have to have boundaries. So I think grandparents have to grant their kids space to be a married couple, have their own family. I'll give you an example. Holidays. Mm. See, holidays. You know, you're raising your kids and Christmas and Thanksgiving, birthdays, they were always so special. Okay, it's not our turn know, anymore. It changes. It's their turn. To have that as a defining feature of their relationships of family mm-hmm. and as much as we just like to have them all come over to our house on christmas day well you hey, look there's another set of grandparents out there If there's been a divorce there might be two or three other sets of grandparents that's right and so these kids the last thing are uh, you want your kids to uh loathe is christmas time oh just off. we have to run to this one's and this one's and this if we don't do it they're going to guilt us and shame us and all that stuff. No, no, no. We had our turn. It's not our turn. Yeah. We let them develop what they want. And then if they want us to be a part of theirs, great. Or if they say, hey, we'd all like to come on up, great. But you let them do it. Yeah. And and, and tradition is a big part of family.
2: Oh, and it goes back to grace.
0: It I goes mean, back to how grace. How
2: we are treated is how we should treat. How God treats us is how we should treat others. And mm-hmm. so... Um, Yeah, that was hard for me to give up being the matron of the family at holiday time. But Tim encouraged me. And now, I mean, I don't have a huge mess
1: (laughs) on Christmas Eve. Well, and that's the thing. I think about a couple of different people that I've talked to, and one of them being We talked about transitions, and I think when you're having your own children, or let's say you start when you first get married, and that's a huge transition with holidays. So you're trying to figure out, what are we going to do? You have kids. There's the other transition. We can't run as much. We're too tired. We cannot do this. And then the next transition does come as you keep, I feel like every time you add a kid or you move to a new state or like, there's just all these transitions. Where they become teenagers
0: or you start to launch them. Yeah.
1: And I have my in-laws, this something that I appreciate so much about my mother-in-law is she just always holds so loosely to that yeah. expectation of when you're available. And I have I was raised in a family where, you know, every... And I it was great. We were fine being at this grandparent's house on Christmas Eve and this grandparent's house on Christmas Day. And so I felt like, you know, we need everything set in stone by the time we get married and have kids. But there was such freedom that came with, you know what? It can change. It's okay. It doesn't all ha- Tradition can happen without everything being strict and rigid and everybody feeling nice. miserable because they're missing out on the big occasion. Right. Right. right.
0: I think that's part of, uh, you know, how we're supposed to set a different course is the grandparents, if the Christian grandparents. And then let me mention two other things that I, I think grandparents have a responsibility in, a, in their role to set a standard, like set, setting a moral standard in an immoral world mm. for their grandkids. And, and they see a steadiness about it. And, but now, and the standard is only as reliable as the accuracy of that standard, right? For instance, I lost seven pounds in one day just by buying a, a new set of bathroom scales. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> I was like, I wait a minute. How would you do doctors. that? <laughs> and But then, then I started wondering, well, which ones are accurate? You know, the ones i get getting rid of are the one, you know. And finally, I had to carry them to my doctor's office because he has these really high, high caliber things. And, and, and so that's where the Bible comes in. Mm. The Bible points us to true north. And I want, to say, I want to say true north isn't the Bible. It is Jesus. It is his heart, mm-hmm. his love. I think one of the things that we get screwed up with in the evangelical movement is we, we muddy the gospel with the law.
1: Yeah, with moral behavior. You know,
0: with, moralism with, with, with the with the stuff on the other side of Matthew. Mm-hmm. And and as Darcy was saying the other day, you know, we 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 keep throwing that new wine into old wine skins. Mm. And and it is, so here's your teenager shows up covered with tattoos, and we think, what the heck? Hey, it's a different world. Don't worry about it. Or they they look like they ride behind a school bus to school because of the way they're dressed. So what? <laughs> oh. Of course, that doesn't bother. That doesn't Darcy, bother. Darcy, I'm us. with you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know yeah, but, that's hard. But that doesn't bother
0: us because see we, we value. we were teenagers in the sixties. <laughs> uh, it we were the ugliest bunch of people that ever went to high school. I don't if know, the eighties were
1: pretty rough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> well, uh, one thing is that our generation, the generation of grandparents, I think and maybe every older generation does, but we start to get cynical. We start to view change as bad. Mm-hmm. And everything we observe about our grandchildren, we have a commentary on negative and say, oh, I wish we were back in the blah, blah, blah. What does that say to our grandchildren? They're trying to make their way in this uh, new world. And right. if we're going to have an ear, In our grandchildren's life, if we're going to have a say in our grandchildren's life, um, they need to know from us that we appreciate the changes.
0: You know, I think she's hitting on that fourth thing we hit in our book, uh, a fourth role, and that is to bear a torch, be a guiding light, the bear a torch of the gospel. And I'm just going to flip the card straight up. I think a lot of Christian grandparents make themselves extremely irrelevant to their grandkids just by the stupid hard sell opinions they hold many times molded by talk radio or oh, amen, or, or 24 Table hour news. news cycles. Talk radio shouldn't be framing our thinking. The Bible should be framing our thinking and uh, the Holy Spirit should be leading the way for us.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, and that's the thing, like when I think about people, you know, like me, or let's say one of my very best friends, Allison, you know, she's not a grandparent yet, but she has College age kids. So it's closer for her than it is for me. You know, what are things now that you, you know, you look back and you're like, these are the ways that we were preparing for grandparenting. This is what we do now to, and I know it's simple things like turn off talk radio. I mean, honestly, my father in law mm-hmm. finally did that. He was like, I, I can't <laughs> do this anymore. Why am I listening to this? It's making me angry. Like, turn it off.
0: Well, that's their job. Yeah. That's how they keep you listening, that's how they make money. Mm is they keep everybody mad and and draw uh, battle lines between people that are supposed to be loving each other and, yeah. and trying to figure this thing out. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that we can't have political convictions. or That doesn't mean that. It's just that the bigger thing... What are you saturating be, your mind with? Yeah, we're supposed to be leading with love. But let, let's address that whole thing of if, if you're not a grandparent yet.
2: Well, like we said, grace is a work in progress, and we should be cultivating grace in our life. At every stage, so that when we're faced with the privilege of being grandparents, mm. once again, we can treat our grandchildren the way God treats us. And um, that includes a lot of the things we've talked about by giving those assets to them and mm. um, fulfilling those roles for them. Also, just make sure that you know that things are going to have to change. Mm-hmm. They can't remain the same. You can't just tuck a grandchild in there and everything remain the same. You're going to take a step back. And like you said, you're going to become
0: more of a mentor mm-hmm. than you are a parent.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, I,
0: I think the best prep for grandparenting is is to be a person who is consistently guided by God's truth, but all the while tempered by his grace Mm -hmm. and how we deal with the people up close to us. And that not just the people we're called to love and and we care for, but anybody that comes along. When our life is focused on Jesus Mm -hmm. and concerned outwards, whether we're in our 20s, 30s, or 40s, when it's our turn, that's going to help us like mad when when we get married and try and raise kids, but it's really going to help us when we're grandparents. Yeah. And we have decades of uh, scar tissue on us from living life and still surviving.
2: That's right. Uh, and joy. Yeah, we because. Show joy.
0: Yeah. I think the thing that grandparents have such a the, practice, trusting God, mm-hmm. you know, and, and living by faith mm-hmm. in a world that thinks everything has to. Be scientifically proven before it's real. Uh, yeah, do that. And then when you become – a if you're doing that as a young person or a young mom or dad or whatever, when well, you could be a grandparent. By the way, no matter how bad it's been, I guarantee the future has a whole lot more stuff to throw at us mm. that you wouldn't believe mm. how absolutely nutty and crazy you get. But I have a confidence in a God that had the first word yeah. and the one that's going to have the last one. My faith is solid in him. He is a rock. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to worry about all this junk. I'm not going to be in a reactive mode. No, we can't. And then with your grandparent, poof, it just comes natural.
1: Well, and like you said, I mean, the only way to really begin that is to spend time with Jesus every day. I mean, that's yep. so many times. It's like, how can you point your family towards Christ or ask them to be in a relationship with Christ when I'm not spending any time with him, just sitting in his presence, reading his word, listening for his voice. And those are just practical spiritual disciplines that also take time, but it's never too late to start. them. Right.
2: Oh, so true. Absolutely.
1: Well, so how old are your all's grandkids? Well, I mean, you don't have to tell me every one, but like the range. You said you've got one on the way, you've got a two-year-old, and then do you? what's your oldest? Uh, Seventeen. Okay, so a large.
2: She's a, she's a beautiful six foot one. <gasps> I love granddaughter.
0: It. Yeah, she's something. <laughs> now, she are sister. all
2: of
1: them in your area? They
2: are. They're all within a half an hour. Of
0: yeah, us. we're we're very fortunate. We know that.
1: Yes, and so throughout your grandparenting, I mean, I don't want to call it a career, but experience, I guess, is what I should say. <laughs> Have there been things like? you've said, oh, we'll watch the grandkids on a Friday night or, oh, we host dinner on Saturday night. I mean, have you all had some of those regular routines that you have done or tried to do? Or is it more like we're just available when we know they really need us? I I don't know. Talk to us a little bit about your personal experience. I
2: think we have a Good combination of both of those ways of thinking, we travel a lot, so right. we don't can't always count on being home every weekend, but we will have family dinners on birthdays and different holidays but then we might call up um we have a son who has four kids, and we might call them up and say, "Hey, do you guys want to go out on a date tonight?" Dad and I'll come and yeah. watch the kids yeah. so but yeah, we have given them a
0: weekend off. That, you know that that's huge for them for a young married couple, yes. and and just say, hey, drop them off on Friday, come find them sometime Sunday night and or Monday, and and we got them.
2: So yeah. it's a win win for
0: everybody. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I love, I'm always like, yeah, we'll take a weekend off anytime you want to give it to us. And I'm like, at the point in my life with parenting, I'm like, I don't even mind if I come home and the house is complete chaos. Right. Just make (laughs) sure the
2: kids are alive.
1: (laughs) That's right. Well, as we start to close out here, I typically ask my guests a couple of questions. But I think because we've talked about grandparenting so much, I am just going to end with the question of let's say your great grandchildren are listening to this years from now. What is some wisdom that you would like to pass along to them?
2: Oh, we have these kind of tongue in cheek type things that we offer to people. And I'll start with the first one Mm. that life is tough, but it's tougher when you're stupid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So So we're all going to make
2: mistakes, but let's learn from those mistakes.
0: There's a couple of stupid pills that I see people get in the habit of swallowing <laughs> that just make them absolutely, I mean, their, their adult life can grow into a complete waste of time uh, and energy, uh, like uh, the stupid pill of comparison. Oh, yeah. Don't compare. Don't worry about other people. Be excited for everybody else. You are you. And and you just let God work through you and be be strong about that.
2: Well, and also the poison pill. The
0: stupid pill. stupid
2: yeah. pill of Mm -hmm. self-sufficiency some people tend more toward that than others but some people they block god from
0: they block others they block everybody
1: others
2: just because they've got
1: it yep
0: Yep. yeah they can handle
1: it right i mean it's okay to ask for help
0: right and 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 i would say i would say to my great-grandchildren listening to this is don't don't swallow that stupid pill of, of convenient morality Mm-hmm. You know where you, you think that uh, you know God let the standards be high on an etch a sketch and you can just kind of take them or leave them. No, or whiteboard oh, yeah. adjust them. No, no, He put them there because He loves you. Mm. And, and, and I
2: think more than anything, we would like our great grandchildren to know about grace filled living, grace based mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah. God is a God of grace, and he wraps our love in the Kevlar of grace to get us through what life is going to offer up.
1: Yeah, and that grace is always available. Every time you come and ask, he is just pouring it upon
0: us. Yeah, yes. you hit on our disciplines of staying connected to God. Mm-hmm. See, to me, I think the, the key, the secret to a, a marriage that not only lasts a long time, but is but is was worth the ride. Mm-hmm yeah thriving cuz like when well, i know a couple that had their 50th anniversary everybody was celebrating i'm thinking they haven't acted like a married couple for the past 48 years yep. they've just been I basically know roommates like that as well. roommates and that, that's it and I, I think what that calls for is a pursuit of each other's hearts that when you stay in pursuit of your spouse's heart mm. the way, the best way to keep that an active part of your life is stay in pursuit of god's heart because he's in pursuit of yours all the time. Mm -hmm. We have a book we wrote called Grace, Grace Grace-Filled Marriage. Yeah. And and in that, you know, uh, uh, I said, you know, okay, I love God. And it it would be easy to think, I want to take my love for God, and I want to show that to Darcy. No, 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 that sounds great, but that's not what the story is about. It's not my love for God I want to show to my wife. God's love for me I want to show to her. and. That, that is assuming a love that's coming from God through me, and that can't be done if I don't maintain a pursuit, a heart pursuit of God. That's right. But when I do, I'm still a jerk. I'm still very capable of, of being a, an idiot. Right. But, but God comes along and says, in spite of that, I, I, can, I can manage you. I have a friend, We have a friend named Dennis Rainey, and he has a great line. He says, God picks up crooked sticks and draws straight lines with them all oh, the
1: time. I love that.
0: And he could do that with everybody listening.
1: That's right. Well, thank you guys. Tell everybody where we can find your resources. What's your website? It's familymatters.net. Thank you guys so much for your time today. I'm so grateful.
0: Our honor. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to today's episode. Resources, links, and quotes from today's conversation can be found at graceenoughpodcast.com under the show notes tab. If you are enjoying the show, I would like to ask you a few favors. Number one, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. You can head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure you never miss a new episode of the podcast. Number two, if you enjoy the show, would you take a moment to leave a review on iTunes? Those reviews help me to know how the show is impacting you. And number three, the best way to grow is for people like you to share it with your friends. Will you share your favorite Grace Enough podcast episode via text, email, or social media? Again, I'm so grateful for each one of you who listen week in and week out.
0: Thank Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough podcast.
2: Tune in next time.